Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Artful Athlete podcast. We've done the introductions, we've talked enough about doing it, starting it, so let's crack on. I debated for quite some time what the best course of action would be, what the best way to proceed would be in order to in order to speak about, you know, the way emotions are connected to the body. Should I go on about specific body parts first so the emotions are connected to the back the emotions connected to the shoulders etc but it didn't feel quite right so instead we're gonna go by emotions we're gonna cover the four main ones and see what we get from this introspection so the four big emotions first and then once these are out see how you guys get on and if there's anything you'd like me to clarify to explore further or help you with I'll adapt and respond through another episode, perhaps, or even to you directly if you send me a DM, an email, a carrier pigeon to help you with whatever it is you're dealing with. But let's get down to business and anger first. I don't know about you, but anger is not an emotion that I find easy to deal with. I've obviously experienced it before in my life a few times. And in all honesty, I used to be a lot quicker to anger than I am now. You really need to be pushing some specific buttons to rub me the wrong way. But even within that, there's a lot of different aspects to anger and a variety of reasons why we can get angry in the first place. So I want to start this by looking at the science first. Emotions are a way for your brain to communicate with you. And by brain, I don't just mean the big brain living in your skull, but the other two also. Heart and gut are the other two. Yep, so already we're starting this off by saying we've got more than one brain to look after. Technically, there's some neurons in the heart in what's known as the intrinsic cardiac nervous system and some other neurons in your gut, also known as the enteric nervous system. So when we speak of gut feeling, it's actually your second brain coming into play. And if you're interested, I really recommend doing some research on the second brain. It's a game changer when you're trying to understand your body's physical response to life and all that it comes with. So when you're experiencing an emotion, it's your brain trying to speak to you. The tricky bit is understanding what it actually means, what it's trying to say and what brain is trying to get you to do. There's some very interesting research on the subject by Daniel Goldman about emotional intelligence. And if you fancy diving in a bit deeper in the technical and scientific side of things, emotional intelligence is the thing to look into. For now, let's just remember this. Emotion equals brain wants me to do a thing. So sends a message down to body and mind has to translate. So emotions and emoting is a process that includes three parts of you and three brains. That's a lot of cooks in one kitchen already, if you think about it. So no wonder it takes so much out of us to look into our emotional well-being. But let's look back to anger, see what I did there, and a teeny bit more about science. When you're angry, Brainy McBrain gets busy creating some extra cortisol and other hormones. We need cortisol in order to function, it's our friend. However, too much cortisol basically is not what you want. Because if you have too much of it, 
It targets the other neurons present in the body and overstresses them to a point that some researchers describing that phenomenon were saying that it, they're eating the neurons away. And when we have too much cortisol, the body, your body, your immune system takes on the job to flush it out of you. So that's great. Thanks, immune system. Now, if I told you that for one minute of anger, we're talking one full solid minute of pure anger, it can take your immune system up to an hour to release that excess cortisol. So 10 minutes of anger and rage means your body is going to be working on it for a minimum of 10 hours. Now think about the amount of energy it'll take for your body to flush this out during that 10 hours where you're also busy doing other things. And now think about the other two brains, the gut and the heart. Their nervous systems are being overly stimulated too and poisoned by this overdose. What impact will this have to your digestion, to the food you're craving? What impact will this have on your heart? Have a think about the last time you got angry, and I mean real angry. How did these two react? How did your body respond to that? Bearing in mind that anger isn't just a series of swear words you'd be shouting on top of your lungs at that one person or situation you're facing. It's your brain telling you that said person or situation is walking on your beliefs, not having respect for you, your values, and essentially who you are. Brain is our friend and is trying to tell you, I need you to react. I need you to do something about this. This goes against every single cell of my being. This is something I disagree with. So when we're angry, it's our brain desperately trying to tell us to do something about the fact that either we or someone we love or something we believe in is being attacked and disrespected. And as a consequence of this, your body fills up with tension. There's three aspects to each emotion and therefore we're going to start with the three aspects of anger. So the three aspects of anger, <laughs> there's lots of threes in this episode, isn't it? Um, so the three aspects of anger, of being angry, are going to touch on those three brains we talked about, on those three sides of you. Number one, thinking. Thoughts are clouded with frustration. You can't think straight. And depending on the situation and obviously the level of anger, you won't be able to see straight either. You're seeing red. Your ability to focus or to see the broader picture is restricted and potentially non-existent. That's the head, the brain. Number two, feeling. Heart stuff. Could be a sense of injustice, of you losing control, of feeling trapped being the prisoner in a situation, of being undermined and silenced. You're in a state of indignation towards something, someone, and sometimes even yourself. Number three, and that's the physical, that's the stomach, that's the body. That body fills up with tension, and this affects everything. Your muscles, your breath, your digestion, your blood, think about it. When we're angry, the image that 
we often have is, you know, a clenched fist, clenched jaw, tension, tension, tension everywhere, a body ready to hit or to receive a hit, a body that's defensive but also ready to attack. What does a voice full of tension sound like to you? What does a body full of tension feel like? It's not loose and flowy. It's overtight. It's tense. It's, it's red because anger stimulates the cardiovascular system. That's more science for you. And it disturbs the natural order of things within the body. So, yep, redness will happen. But that's not all. From knotted stomachs and nausea to dysfunctional breath, skin rashes of all kinds, trapped muscles, Vocally, you're not going to be able to make the same sound you would in your default state. We breathe to relax the entire body. Because if you're holding up tension somewhere, it'll show vocally. And then you'll be forcing through that tension and creating more damage. When in performance, as an actor, singer, mover, you're portraying anger, there's a process you go through to guide the voice around this imposed tightness that you have to live because you're portraying a character. So you're not working against the tension, you're working with the tension. You're grounded, both feet firmly into the floor. You can guide the breath so it stays low in the body and doesn't stick to the throat or the upper ribcage. And you have to do that because if you don't, you run the risk of losing your voice entirely and exhausting yourself faster. And anger is exhausting enough, be it in performance or in life. It's exhausting. We don't need extra. Anger is fire. It raises all acidity levels within the body and the mind. So your liver, your stomach, these places that we need as stress-free and neutral and alkaline as possible, get fueled by poison. That poison travels all around the body because it leaves the guts and then gets sent to all of the different places it needs to go to. So it goes to your eyes, to your brain, your skin. If you're a performer exploring that emotion, what does it look like physically being filled with fire and poison? And then you have to look into the type of poison that's fueling the character. Obviously, I'm using a lot of performance comparisons, but this applies to life as well. If you're not, if you're struggling to understand somebody else's anger, try and see what poison is fueling them. It could be something that's totally self-centered. That person is behaving very selfishly. It could be something external. What is the color of that poison and how does it flow through that person's body? Identifying the poison is the best way to seek a remedy. This is a philosophy that's nearly as old as time, I would say. And actually all of this remedy and anger talk is reminding me of my old Greek studies and Hippocrates' Théorie des humeurs. I think in English it's called humorism. H-U-M-O-R-I-S-M. Basically, Hippocrates explains that there are four liquids, four humours, in the body, and they each have a different colour. Yellow, so think yellow bile, bitterness, fire and gallbladder. Black, so it would be black bile, fearfulness, um, sickly looks, laziness. 
spleen and earth. Then we've got phlegm and that's the pale, white, reserveness or even low spirit, control of emotions, water, brain and lungs. And then last but not least, red. And obviously, what's red? Blood. So think blood, rosy cheeks, reddish skin, air and liver. When you're healthy, these four colours, these four humours and liquids are balanced. When one of them spikes or goes underactive, that's when we've got a problem. And that's when we need to work towards recreating that balance. So we've just talked about anger being fire and about our three brains. Depending on the kind of anger you're having to perform, the kind of anger that you're experiencing, the level that you're dealing with, see what is fueling it. Is this a case of fiery rage? So yellow bile and red blood working together, fire and air? Is it perhaps cold and calculated controlled anger? So we're back to our fire, our yellow bile, but we've got the influence of the phlegm. So this is fire and water. Or perhaps we're dealing with a more grounded and defensive state of anger. And in that case, it's fire and earth. Once you've identified the place where it resonates the most within the body, so head, heart, gut, you'll be able to identify which colour and element is associated with it. I find going back to ancient mythologies and sciences to see how they visualised emotions quite helpful. Next time you're confronted with anger, look for the place it's stemming from. It'll help you find the best response your brain is trying to get you to do. Is that anger driven by your head? Is that anger driven by your heart? Is that anger knotting your guts? And then obviously, don't forget to work on getting it out of your system. To bring down the physical effects of anger, one thing, aim for bitter foods. They're the ones your gallbladder and liver need the most to help get rid of that overdose of hormones that's been running through the body that we talked about earlier. So think rocket, artichokes, parsley, tahini, sesame. Uh, I think I would put aloe vera on that list because when you're eating the leaf straight away, it tastes quite bitter. What else? Most citruses, like in the zest and the peel, but also just lime. Mostly green coloured things I'm thinking about. I'll put some more examples on this week's blog. And as well as the bitter foods, don't forget to seek sweetness. And I don't mean sugar, I mean sweetness. Soft, gentle, coolers. So mango, avocado, berries, fennel, coriander. Neutral, gentle food to soften the burns caused by the fiery situation. Breathwise, take a few moments regularly throughout the day to follow a slow belly breath pattern. So in through the nose for four, out through the nose for four, or if you've got a bit more airspace, in through the nose for five, out through the nose for five. Sending the air as low as possible in the body, all the way down your belly to send some well-needed release to the other two brains and obviously your full neural system. And that's it for today. That was already a lot to take in, so congratulations for making it through this. <laughs> Next week, we'll look at our friend, sadness. Meanwhile, 
don't forget to check out this week's mindful chat with Dil Salomon, whom I would call a non-conventional yogi. I don't want to say too much, you just have to go and listen to it. But warning, honest opinions incoming. Meanwhile, have a lovely week, take it easy, and I'll speak to you soon.